Hey all, I am so excited that you are here today. This episode is my very first interview for my podcast. I am so excited to share it. I have listened to it, you know, a few times as anyone would. Um, It is messy, (laughs) but life is messy. And um, I've learned a lot from this interview that I had with Angela and she was so sweet to like do this first time with me. Um, But I've learned a lot of different things since then. So things can only go up and get better from here on the recording side of things. So please enjoy and uh, (laughs) be nice because remember life is messy and we all are still learning. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Inspired by Reflections. I am your host, Amy Anderson, and I have a fantastic guest today. Her name is Angela Gilman. She is from Los Angeles. Angela and I met a couple days ago in a group setting. Um, She began to talk about um, her story that had transpired a couple years ago around COVID timeframe. And she just was talking a few blips of what it was that she's been through. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have to hear this story. And I'm sure that you guys would all want to hear it too. Sometimes we get in the trenches of life and things get dark and you think, how am I gonna get through this? And you do. And it sounds like Angela has been through that and she has pulled herself through it and has gotten to the positive side of things. Probably still going through some things also, but um, she is gracious enough to talk to us about her story today. So welcome, Angela. Good morning. Good morning. Angela, you also have a podcast that I wanna touch base on um, toward the end of our conversation, um, just to make sure that we get that out there too, and because it sounds fascinating also. So let's get started on a couple years ago, um, around COVID timeframe. Is that what, when things kind of started to get crazy and. Yeah, just before. So my okay. husband got laid off from his job. Another company had bought the company that he was working for and they were trying to be super competitive and kind of cutthroat in businesses, the company that took it over and they started laying people off and then replacing it with people making like half as much basically. So my husband got laid off and he thought, oh, I'll get something right away. You know, it won't be that hard. And then it turned out it was like, you know, it, it happened at a time when it's like, it's really hard for like, you know, everyone's to hire women and minorities and stuff. And my husband being a middle-aged white guy, he was not at the top of the resume <laughs> resume pile for no fault of his own. And um, so at that time I was benefiting from it because um, animation, although we do have a lot more women working, it's still um, considered a male dominated field. So a lot of the studios were wanting to hire women. So I was getting jobs and he couldn't find anything. And so we, you know, used our savings. We used, you know, everywhere you pull money from that you can think of, we were doing that to keep our house. And we made it a whole like year and a half. 
And then oh. it got to the point where we couldn't anymore. And this was like October of 2019. We told the kids like, we're going to have to sell the house. And we were so bummed because they had lived there their entire lives. You know, we had been there since 2004, like summer of 2004. So we'd lived there a really long time. And, um, and I loved that house. Like when we were house hunting, um, I told my husband, I said, I want a house with a red front door and a picket fence and a jacaranda tree in front. And thinking that when we bought our house, I would plant the tree and I'd put the fence up and I'd paint the door. We pulled up to that house. That's exactly what it was. It was like I had manifested it out of whatever, walked in, it immediately felt like home. And I don't know how often you've moved in your life, but um, for me, it's usually like, it takes a long time before a place feels like home. And that was just yeah. like home right away. So I was super attached to this house. I loved it. And then- Meant to be. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then my sister, my twin sister, the opportunity came up to buy the house next door, super excited she had bought that house. So she'd been living there for a few years. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm like, everything was perfect, you know, and I was so upset. So, and um, we had like whittled down to the last penny that we had, like we didn't even really have money to move and we didn't feel like we could because I work in animation. So it's not necessarily like I was never the steady paycheck earner, right? Like I would get laid off and then back and forth. So then I was just feeling really unstable and really nervous about that. So my sister and my brother-in-law kindly let us move in with them next door, which was horrible because I had to look at my house every single day for a year oh no (laughs) so and their house is only 1100 square feet and they have themselves and their two kids there and so they built like a little tiny house in the back for us um but it was still basically just enough room to sleep so we basically still all had to be in the main part of the house together and before all this happened as we moved in the beginning of January of 2020 um my therapist said well you know what, you just, you go out a lot, you'll do things, you know, family stuff, you just won't spend a lot of time at home and that will help. I was like, oh, that'll be perfect. That's what we'll do. And then COVID. Oh my gosh. So we're trapped in this tiny house all together. Both of our poor families, I mean, that just wasn't easy with all the outside stresses of the world and um, not knowing what to do. My husband still has no work. He's stressed out over that. And then all the feelings that come with being unemployed for like a really long time. And so then I'm like doing freelance little bits in here and there. And then uh, a director that I had worked with on FS for Family called me up and said, do you know how to use Animate? And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> he's like, well, he's like, go on YouTube, do some like, little tutorials. If you could do a walk cycle, I can get you hired on this project I'm working on. I convinced the producers to hire you. So I said, okay. And so I sat down and I kind of figured out how to do it, but I still didn't really understand the program. Like it's a really powerful program that does a lot of things. And I didn't even really have a clue. And I'm home by myself without, I'm not in a studio where I can say, can you help me? Can you show me this or whatever? I can't meet with anyone. I'm just home by myself because this COVID. So I turned in my thing, they hired me, and then um, took a couple weeks to do my paperwork. And in the meantime, then my director says, okay, so um, little change of plans. You're gonna do storyboard revisions two weeks, and and then you'll go two weeks on to prop design. And I had never done prop design before. (laughs) So I was like, 
oh no, new program, new job I've never done alone. Like, yeah. I was like, no, like the pressure's like building, building, building. And I'm sitting there kind of freaking out. And uh, then the job starts and I went to go in and do the revisions and I couldn't like, I couldn't get into, into the drawings to do everything digitally. I couldn't go in and change anything. I'm like tapping on it and fiddling with it. And I couldn't figure out how it worked. So then I'm like spending like maybe a full eight hours a day online doing like tutorials and crash courses and trying to learn this program. Then mm. another eight hours actually doing my work. And then it was just like, and then trying to research how to do prop design and do all that. And then I find out like, oh no, these have to be like props that are that are put together in such a way that they're they're ready to be animated. Like the animators can just use them. And I'm like, what? Like, it wasn't even just, this is what they look like. I had to make a functional thing. And so um, I was sitting there at home going, I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get fired. Like on top of all this pressure, like I finally yeah. got this job. So yeah. I would work sometimes, I would work however many hours it took because I knew I was the only one that could do it. So I would be sitting at my desk, no joke. Like I think the longest, stretch of hours, I can't even say a day because it wasn't a day, was 32 hours straight at my desk working. Oh my Eating goodness. My, desk, my meals, everything to the point where by the time I was done, I was like hallucinating just to get my work done and on time and done correctly. And so it was just really like, it was really intense. I mean, oh it was just, I, I don't even know how I got through that. Like, so are you like in lockdown during this time? Yeah. Yeah. So Everybody else that's in the house is like on top of you also? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Kids sitting there trying to get them to do their homework, trying to get them to do their classwork, trying to get them to adjust. You know, they're going stir crazy. I have three kids. So, and my twins at the time were 11, 10, almost, almost 11. Yeah. It was just, it was, it that's, was, that's a, that's a hard age too. Yeah. It was, I was a hot mess. It was like, <laughs> trying to get up every day out of bed and face that whole thing yes was just well and then your husband that hasn't had employment so I mean was he going through that that'll bring on all sorts of emotions and depression and different things too if you just yeah yeah and he got it together amazingly well I don't know how he did it, but he was like really? obsessed too. Cause like, if you are on Indeed or any of those job places, they'll post a job, but they'll only like, if they get a thousand resumes, they're only going to look at the first like 30, 40, whatever, however many. So he was obsessively looking for ones to pop on new so he could immediately apply. So he was just on his computer, like all the time, all the time, you know, just like freaking out. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. And, um, so then I decided that I just, like here I am in this crazy house, the situation, the crazy world next door to my house. I was like, I can't, there isn't any part of my reality that I can really like face. My job is stressful. Every, my kids are losing it. Like, it was just like too much. It was too much. Yeah. So um, I just started reading like audible books, like just listening to them all day. I just put my headphones on to try and block everything out. And did your house sell next door? Did the house did yeah. sell next door? Yeah. So there's yeah. other people living in it and you're just watching yes. it happen. Yeah. Yep. Oh my. That was really, 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 really. It was like a nightmare. It's like 
it was like the universe just said, okay, it's time for Angela to have a complete freaking nightmare. Like, let's think of all like the horribleness that we can do. And then um, in the meantime, so when we moved in, we had our pets, we had <clears throat> dogs, two cats and four chickens. So we put the in my sister's backyard. And so, and she has her pets too. She has a dog and two cats. And so this is a lot. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a lot. Yeah. So there's all this other chaos going on too. But anyway, yeah. So I, um, I'm listening to these audio books and everything and I'm Googling everything I can for like Ted talks and for, um, any, just anything I can find on YouTube about happiness, joy, anything that I can learn, you know, like as a toolkit of like, okay, I need, even if it's just a, a little tiny bit of something, I desperately need something. Yes. So, um, I came across a Ted talk um, by this lady by the name of Amy Fatale Lee. And, um, she was talking about joy, like in little small things. And I was like, that's actually really interesting. Like, let me listen to that. And then I liked the, her whole Ted talk. I bought her book and her book was amazing. I, I, like, I, never thought about happiness or joy. Like it's really more about joy than happiness actually, but never thought about it in the way that she explained it. Like how just seeing some balloons or some flowers like really perks you up. And it's true. It does like, you know, whenever you're having a really bad day and you just go like shopping by yourself, some flowers, it's like, oh, yes. it's like the biggest deal. It is. Yes. I'm a big fresh flower person. Big. But, yeah. But when you're depressed and you're thinking like how to you're thinking, try to how to make yourself happy. And you're thinking like, I got to go to therapy. I got to do all these like big things. This big life event has to happen and change. Like something has to happen to actually have it. But her book was like, no, it can be just a little bit of something here or there. So I would put some flowers next to my desk and a candle and I would have the prettiest teacup that I could have with my tea in it. And yeah, just surround myself with as much of that kind of thing as I could. I would take breaks go out my sister's yard and I would just pull some weeds and like work in a garden for a little bit. I, I would do that like 10 minutes every hour. I would get up and go outside, get up and go outside, get up and go outside. And little yep. by little, it really did. It really did help. And then, um, and then uh, on top of all this, then my sister, my sister and I, we have an autoimmune disease, like a genetic autoimmune disease. Oh. She has much worse than I do. So okay. for me, it's just um, eye inflammation. Um, it's actually the second leading cause of blindness after diabetes, but it's an extremely rare disease. So that's how, okay. how often people go blind from it. But miraculously, I never did. Oh my. Sister, we both had, we had a really good eye doctor who specialized in it and we were fine. But then she also had this um, arthritis called enclosing spondylitis. And mm. So, and she has fibromyalgia because the, the gene that we have can cause like, uh, I don't know, like 150 different kinds of inflammatory diseases. So oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's crazy. And so she was on, she's always on immune suppressive uh, medication. She has to go in for an IV infusion and it basically presses down your immune system. So it doesn't attack your body. Wow. But, um, so this is like during COVID, so I'm worried about her. I'm like, should you be on this medication? Like, I was just scared and we're all cramped in this house. Like, this is not the ideal situation. Like, right. we're all really good about not, you know, we weren't 
doing things you weren't supposed to do, but you have to go to the store and you have to do things and stuff. And um, her doctor said, no, you need to stay on the medication because if you have a really bad bout of inflammation, we have to give you steroids and stuff. That will be even worse for your immune system. So she went ahead and stayed on her course of treatment. And then um, there was a point where she started to get coughing and like had a fever, didn't feel good. Oh, no. It was really sick and they couldn't figure out what it was. And she was testing negative for COVID and stuff. Her doctor put her in the hospital just to see what was going on, keep an eye on her. And then when you go in with like respiratory symptoms, they automatically put you in the COVID ward. So then I was right. like, worried about her. And then this kept coming up like back and forth. And then she was back in the hospital in the summer and they were like, well, we're going to like have to start doing some more tests. We're going to do a lung biopsy. Like they were looking for cancer basically. So I was on top of all this other stuff. My identical twin is like, I'm freaking out. So yeah, there was just all this stuff that was happening. So it's just the worst year, but I kept just listening to my books, listening to my books um, and doing everything that I could to even just little projects around her house to fix it up or make it nice. So we would yeah. we painted the outside um, because the trim was like a little peeling and stuff like that. I did a bunch of gardening. I bought some plants. I got a couple of trees for her yard. Um, and gradually as the year went on, you know, they figured out she was just having uh, an immune reaction to my chickens. She has this rare like chicken flu thing. So we had to board the chickens at a, at a barn. <laughs> she, but she got better. That's good. Was there ever any strain like between? I mean, that's that's close quarters to live back with your adult oh. sister oh, and yes. both of <laughs> your families. I mean, was that? But then, and then she's sick on top of that. But yeah. how was that relationship? Was that strenuous at all? Of course, Do yeah. Like, yeah. Felt so bad for being there, like so, like guilty, and we're trying to figure out. Like, what do we do? And I was like, maybe we move out of state because I'm working remotely anyway. Maybe we just rent a house in like Vermont somewhere that's pretty in the middle of nowhere that costs like nothing to rent that I know for sure that I can cover with my salary. And right. my husband didn't want to because his mom was um, going through a lot with Alzheimer's and stuff like that. He's like, I want to be far away. So we were just toughing it out there. And then finally yeah. the nice day happened that my husband got a job and we were so excited. So then Yay. we got yeah. <laughs> to try and find a house to rent. This was like in September of that year. And we go looking at houses and we go to like, I want to put an application, open an application. Oh, we cut it off at, at 35 applications. Oh, we cut it off at 75 applications. Like what? And then some of them we would find out right away and we'd go run and we'd put in our application and we're like, you know, number two or number three in consideration on the list. And then they would say, well, the, the, the first application they offered to pay the whole year's rent in advance. I'm like, really? That's like a $3,000 a month rent. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, wow. they my house, they couldn't find one. So they're, they're renting because they sold their house. And it's like, that's what we were competing. It's all these people who had tons of like an inflow of cash because they thought yes. they were going to buy another house so they can rent like anything. So yeah, it was just like, and then I was like, no, no. So I kept on listening to my audiobooks and just putting myself in the other reality of like, okay, there's other people who've gone through hard things. And, and I was just looking for the examples that other people set, you know, and like, I've just, uh, 
there's a way. Like this is a unique and weird situation that's never happened in the world, but there's still a way. So um, the books that I loved, I loved like uh, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero and The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And um, I would listen to um, The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol was like on YouTube. And okay. it's a really old, tiny book, but it was amazing. Like it talks about how there's a lot of power in believing, like how people believe in like a lucky rabbit's foot or little talismans and stuff and how there's really yeah. no power in it, but the power is in the believing. So I would just hmm. convince it's myself, like all I have to do is keep listening to these books and keep believing and I will find something. So finally, yeah. finally in December, we found a house and they had um, a batting cage at the side of the house because they had kids and stuff. And um, we told the, the property manager, we looked like, oh, this is great. Our boys can, they play hockey and like they can shoot pucks and stuff over here and the netting will keep it from like going through windows or doing oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so um, the owner really wanted somebody who would use that batting cage. So nice you're in <laughs> oh and um yeah at at this time too it's like my husband had a job but he was like working crazy hours it was like a, a salary position at hourly and they put such a heavy workload on him that he would only sleep like four or five hours a night and get up and work the whole next day so he was like I was in a normal job in a normal schedule and he was in craziness so um so we never had a chance to like really set up the house and settle in here like I wanted to. So right. um, yeah, so then now that's my big thing. My big project is to like actually really make this feel like a home and start reading. Cause it's like, it's a different house. It's bigger than our old house. And so um, we don't have as much furniture as we need to really fill it out. So yeah. we need to start working on those projects and stuff is like my new thing, but um. That's fun though. Yeah. You're creative about on that side of things too, right? And yeah, the design aspect. So that's cool. Yeah. That's so, yeah. yeah. So really enjoying it, really happy here. And and I just keep in mind always that like, you know, it's everything temporary. You know, you think everything's permanent when it happens, but it's all temporary. So just just remind myself like things are fine now, but life will throw you other things and and just to remember like it's just this too will pass you know like Eckhart Tolle says like it's it's gonna it's gonna pass it's gonna pass yeah so. yes yes what was probably I mean, do you look back now and think that you're grateful for some of the things that you went through I mean is there anything that you're like you know I'm you're grateful that maybe a few of those things did happen because it got you to a different spot today or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'm grateful for it for my kids to have had that experience of like, Oh yeah. You go through something crazy and it's not the end of the world. Like if you get Absolutely. into a it and you have never had that, it really like, cause I saw that with some people, you know, during COVID, I'm sure you did too. Like some people handled it really well and some people didn't at all. And I noticed a lot of it was like based off kind of like where you, not just your mindset, but kind of where you came from and what you've gone through, mm -hmm. what you know you can get through kind of. So yes, 
They'll yeah, stick up with them forever. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. And I'd had plenty of other craves in my life. So it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> the, the most worst thing that had ever happened, you know, but um, right. yeah. So it's just interesting. So I think it's good for kids to kind of like, and I, and I would tease them too. It's like, yeah, you know, someday when you have kids you're, and they're going to be complaining about what you're doing for their birthday party or something. And you're going to say, oh, you know, when I was a kid, you would just stand on your front lawn and people just throw stuff at you and wave and say happy birthday and drive away. <laughs> like, drive happy birthday when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> I'm like, your kids are going to be so in for it. <laughs> True, I'd forgotten about that. The whole drive-by birthdays and, you know, yep. graduated that year. So it was a drive-by graduation party. <laughs> it was- My God. Are just it was a crazy, crazy thing, but yeah, they won't forget it. I won't either, but yep. they can get through it. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, tell me a little bit about your podcast because I feel like has this kind has your podcast and everything evolved from the situations that you've been through? Is that kind of how that came about? Maybe yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure, because um, I was thinking how much all the little things that I did to fix up my environment, to, to pick me up, to cheer me up, to get me through the day, like even just little things was really helpful. Yes. And unfortunately, it's like we're told like, you know, things can't make you happy, you know, money can't buy happiness, all that kind of stuff. But there are certain things that you can buy with money that do make you happy or even get for free. <laughs> But they're yeah. objects, material objects, but we were not put in this world for no reason. Like we were meant to enjoy it. We were meant to enjoy the physical things around us and, and appreciate them. So I would mm -hmm. like to draw people's attention to that, to, to um, make little changes in their environment that will really make them happy. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling like, maybe I'm just a dork, like there'll be a cabinet that's gotten a little out of control uh -huh. And um, I'll go through and straighten it up and organize it. And then every time I'm in the kitchen, I can't, but I'm looking at that cabinet like, oh, you know, it's so pretty. Or a drawer, you're like, oh, look at you. you know? <laughs> yeah, it makes you happy. And that's like one of the, um, in the, in the Joyful book, the lady who wrote it, she has like these different aesthetics of joy. And one of them is harmony. And that's one of the ones that really resonates with me. So sometimes it's not even anything you're spending money on. If you can see like her whole thing is like, if you can see everything in order around you, then you could see the chaos and the danger coming in. Like it goes back to like, you know, primitive days, caveman days where mm -hmm. it just makes you to spot. So on a subconscious level, it just calms you, makes you feel better. And my yeah. family is so weird that I can't sit down and work until I've straightened up the house and straightened everything up. And before I go yeah. to bed, I will straighten things up. Even if I have to be up till 1 30 in the morning, I want to wake up to harmony when I get up in the morning. So it's just <gasps> things like that, that I want to bring people's attention to that they just might not even think of because the world is so crazy and we're so busy and, and um, bring into some, like bring into the conversation, some of the things that I know as an artist um, and I have artist friends who deal with like color, like in animation, they're the color designers and stuff and, and why yeah. color, like the real impact of color. I think people have a vague idea of it, but then in their houses, everything's like beige and brown and tan and, and they think <laughs> everything has to be really like 
sophisticated and all that kind of stuff. And right. a little bit about like where that comes from. It really comes from one dude in like the 1700s said like, well, primitive people and children and stuff, they like bright colors, but sophisticated color, people like like muted tones, like grays and browns and things like that. And it's kind of like a, like huh. a thinly veiled racism, really, when you think about it, it's like, wow, really? And that is just like, people have clung to that. And I think one of the reasons they've clung to it so tightly is because it's easy. You know, if, if yeah. you don't understand color and you right. feel like you're going to look like um, an idiot, you're not going to put it in your house, right? So I want right. to teach, like- Well, like gray and beige go with everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So how to use color and have playful elements in your house and not have to feel like an idiot. Like if it's presented in a certain way, even the fun little silly things you like can look great, you know? Yeah. Um, like look at behind me, everything behind me is like not, I don't have any serious art back there of color. And these are old paint by numbers from the fifties that my husband got for me for from um, eBay that I had looked <laughs> up and loved and just thought they were so fun. Yeah. And, um, little things that I've collected, like this, this room has like a, a tiki theme to it. Yeah, I see that behind you. That's very cool. <laughs> my living room has a whole other vibe. It, it's like, it, it's a Disneyland theme. So it's, um, I, I just have like in my bedroom, I keep it calmer. Above my bed, I have a whole gallery wall of um, old landscapes because oh. there's another element to, to things that um, it's that she talks about in the book, in the Joyful book um, about um, prospect and refuge. Like when you okay. see ahead of you and it, you see open expanses and stuff, that feels good because that gives you the, the feeling of like um, abundance and moving forward and, 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 and life and all that kind of stuff. But then you also yeah. want to feel like you want to be in that cave up on that mountain. So you feel safe. So that's refuge. You feel protected. So huh. it's, it's a little different thing. So I, I try to incorporate those things throughout the house. And I just want to teach people how they can use these things that they don't even realize are back there in their little primitive brain that will calm them, soothe them, make their house a little happier, a little more harmonious. I like that. That sounds very cool. What's like the, what's your favorite color that you would put on your, one of your walls? Green. Green. Mm -hmm. And you could do a soft muted green. It doesn't have to be like green. People freak out, but I think it's no accident that right now a lot of like the, the jewel tones like the cranberries and the hunter greens and that have come in i think because people are wanting cheerfulness they're wanting joy they're wanting a little more celebration you see like that granny chic is in style people are like celebrating pat pattern and color and and they're being a little bolder i think because we've been so like suppressed for so long and in our houses and you yes. know i think i think People are ready for a little bit more vibrant color. <laughs> yes, I would agree. I would agree with you. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And um, I think it's uh, very uplifting for people to hear what you've gone through. And that's not easy stuff at all with every aspect that you talked about. My goodness. Um, but I, I think it's great that you shared it. And um, thank you so much for being here today. And your podcast, again, the name of it is Let's Design a Life with Joy. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. All right. So everybody needs to check that out. 
and um, maybe everybody needs a little pick me up that they can learn from you with what they have or some add some color to their lives. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. And I look forward to um, listening to your podcast and things in the future too. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks so much for tuning in today and listening to my first interview conversation with Angela Gilman. I think it went pretty well. <laughs> Check out the show notes uh, for the references that she made to the books. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about what gave her the inspiration to find joy, check me out on Instagram at Inspired by Reflections. And there's also Linktree on there. It'll get you to information on what's up and coming. Sign up for the email list. That would be fantastic. Next week, I will be talking about marriage class at church. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be a good conversation. That's just with me. So tune in for that. It's, it's a good one. It'll be about communicating with your spouse and getting better at it and looking at things from a different perspective. So have a great week and I will see you then. Chat soon.